Hey everyone, before we get started, I need to give a warning for pedophilia for the third story in this video. It's a pretty disturbing, nasty story, so if you want to avoid stories like that, you've been warned. Also, sorry this video is a little shorter than usual, but I just didn't have a ton of Christmas stories to use. Anyways, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always... Stay hungry. This happened on Christmas Eve of 2021. My brother, who was 22 at the time, and I, a female 31 at the time, lived together in a city about two hours away from our hometown where our parents still live. I'll call myself Riley and my brother Shadow for privacy. Our mother's birthday is Christmas Day, so as a family, We've always celebrated her birthday on Christmas Eve growing up. However, now that my brother and I are managers at our jobs, sometimes it's harder to get the day off to be able to travel home. Luckily that year we were able to work it out and actually come home on Christmas Eve. And later on in the story for the safety of my parents, I'm really glad we came home that extra day early. We get home on Christmas Eve at about 5 in the afternoon. We have our mom's birthday celebration with cake and presents, just the four of us. Me, Shadow, and her mom and dad. It was a great time. Winding down that night, we had decided to watch some Christmas movies to get into that holiday spirit. Dad tends to fall asleep pretty easily when he sits down. So he was starting to nod off at about 20 to 30 minutes into the movie. Shadow and mom are talking on the other couch, and I'm distracted by my phone when suddenly there's a loud knocking at the door. It's nearly 9pm at this time, and we were not expecting anyone. To help visualize, the front door has a window in it, but the glass is designed in such a way that it lets light in, but you can't actually see inside. I'm sitting on a couch that is directly in front of the door further in past the foyer into the open vaulted living room, as well as the kitchen open concept. I can see a figure standing there, and for some reason, my stomach sank and I felt really scared all of a sudden. I almost feel like my body knew something was wrong, but my mind hadn't caught up yet. I slap dad lightly on the arm to wake him up as the guy knocks loudly yet again. In his half-sleepy state, I tell him, Dad, someone's at the door. Well, he gets up and opens the door instead of using the home security system to talk to this person, via the doorbell camera. I can't remember specifically what the man at the door had said, but it was an older guy, probably mid to late 60s, and he kept repeating to my dad, She's here. I need to see her. The stranger did say a name, but I don't remember the context, so for the sake of the story, we'll just call her Sandra. Sandra lives here. She has my medicine, and I need my medicine. He repeats to my dad. Uh, nobody named Sandra lives here, sir. You have the wrong house. Dad said back. I felt my heart start to race as I jumped up to the door, feeling the need to help. Shadow and Mom jumped up too, and eventually all four of us were at the door telling this man that he had the wrong house. When suddenly he began to force his way past my dad, nearly knocking him over. Now, Dad is not a small man by any means. He's over six foot tall and over 300 pounds. 
I couldn't believe at the time that this scrawny man had been able to catch my dad off guard. In what felt like slow motion, I hold up dad as he, Shadow, and mom start trying to close the door. The man had his hand on the door's edge and refused to let go, still managing to push against all four of us. Shadow begins to punch the man's hand on the door repeatedly to get him to let go, taking about six or seven punches before the man lets go in pain, and as he falls back, the door slams shut. We lock the deadbolt quickly before the man has a chance to try and open it again. The stranger immediately begins banging on the door so hard that it feels like he's trying to break it, and all the while screaming for this Sandra woman. I immediately decide to call 911 while my mom tries to go find something to defend us. We've always lived in this city, and my parents never owned guns, so the only thing my mom found was a rather large sturdy rolling pin. Better than nothing at the time. Right next to the door on the wall was the security camera pin pad, where we could see the man pacing back and forth from his car to the door to bang on it some more, still calling and screaming for Sandra. Sandra, I know you're in there, so come out. Give me my medicine. I had gone to my childhood bedroom, which was also at the front of the house, to see if I could see the guy while on the phone with dispatch. It took about 15 minutes for the police to finally show up. And that time, the guy had walked all around the front of the house. It felt like he was looking for a place to get in, but my parents had a privacy fence all the way around, so we got really lucky with that. He also randomly had a bag in his hand at one point, which he didn't have initially. I thought that was strange. The cops pull up behind the man's truck, which was in our driveway. One starts talking to him near our front door, while the other stands closer to the guy's vehicle. I don't remember all of the conversation, but they ask him why he's here and what he wants. The man tells them again about Sandra and his medicine. The taller cop starts walking to our door, as the other cop convinces the man to walk back towards his truck. My parents open the door to the cop as I then rejoin them from the bedroom. We explain to the cop what had happened, and we tell him how the guy tried to force his way inside the house. Dad also tells him that they've lived here for over 10 years, and have never heard of this Sandra. Dad goes outside with the cop, and eventually we find out that Sandra is my parents' new next-door neighbor, who had moved in less than a month prior. The man was her ex-husband. They had only been separated for less than half a year, and were still doing things for one another and that included Sandra picking up his medications for him. She also explained that during the time he was banging on our door, when I had seen him going to the side of the house, he had actually gone and got the medicine from her at the house next door, and yet came back to our house and continued to bang and yell on our door for her for some reason. That was the bag that I'd seen in his hand. The cops took down our information, and he let the guy go on the grounds that he wouldn't come back, and he agreed. I don't know what was going on with him mentally, and the cops never got back to us on anything, so I guess it was just forgotten about. All I know is Christmas Eve will never be the same for us, and I'm really glad Shadow and I were able to come the day early, because if we hadn't, I don't know what would have happened if our parents had to go through that all alone. Stay safe this holiday season, everyone, and don't forget to always check the door before opening it whether that's through the PayPal or your doorbell camera. Don't risk it. 
and be safe. This was Christmas Vacation 2019. I was a 21-year-old female and home from college for context. I had went and picked up my sisters from school. We got to the house and the door was wide open. My sisters and I didn't think anything of it and we thought it was my dad that had left it open. He was upstairs sleeping and the hole downstairs was totally trashed. Nothing was stolen and was just all a mess. My mom got home a minute later and went and woke up my dad while I had started to clean up the mess. I had heard someone talking and I didn't recognize the voice, but I thought it was just someone outside because my neighbors were having their housework done. Time passed and I got it all cleaned up with the help of my parents. My sisters and I were playing Guess the Christmas Song game and laughing and having fun while our parents were out doing Christmas and grocery shopping. It was about 6 p.m. and dark outside, and we kept hearing noises, but we just turned up the TV for the game. Then all of a sudden, there was a knock at the door. My sisters and I just all looked at each other scared for what was about to happen. Then this person started banging. I had my sister call our parents, and I called 911 just because I was the oldest and in charge. They sent cops out right away, and when they got there, they stood at the front door, and they said it was clear to open the door and talk. I looked out just to make sure that's actually who they were, and I then saw the flashing lights and three police officers. I opened the door, and they had asked for details about what had happened. I then explained that there had been a break-in earlier, or so we thought, but nothing was taken, and then I told them that this person had knocked on the door and started banging on the door. Right at that moment, my parents pulled up in the driveway and then got out to make sure we were all okay. The police officer said that they didn't find anything suspicious outside, nor anyone around. He told us that the person could have heard the sirens and then probably fled the area. Days passed and nothing happened, and my sisters and I were still very scared. It was December 22nd, and I was home alone because my dad went to work, and my sisters and mom went to the doctor's office. I was sitting in the living room watching TV, but I had the volume low because I was still pretty scared that someone was watching the house and listening in. I had heard someone trying to get into the back door, so I ran upstairs to the window that can see the back door from above, and I saw a strange man with a black bag. He walked down the driveway towards the front of the house. I ran downstairs and I made sure that the door was locked. I called 911 and I texted the family group chat that we had made recently and I told them that the police were on their way. I went to look out a separate window and the man saw me and then ran towards that window. I went into a complete anxiety attack. The man started screwing my name and telling me he was going to wrap his hands around my throat and kill me, as well as many more sexual things that he wanted to do to me. This man had looked familiar, but I didn't get a good enough look at him to figure out who he actually was. I ran to the front door to look for the police, and as soon as I moved the blinds to look out, he was standing right there looking at me. It was nobody that I knew, and I was really scared on how he knew me and my name. He had a smile that felt like it ran ear to ear. The cops were now coming down the street, and he started screaming. 
You bitch! You're gonna pay for this! Then started running away. The police didn't see him, but since I did, they had asked me to give as much details as I could remember about his facial features and that someone was going to do a sketch on his face. My mom and my sister showed up, and my sister started comforting me as I was describing this man. My mom then looked at me, and then said, Oh my god, that looks like my ex-boyfriend from many years ago. To which I then replied with, I don't know him, but he knows my name, and he was saying nasty things that he wanted to do to me. Well, it was then Christmas Eve, and I still wasn't okay after that day. I was traumatized to say the least. My dad was trying to take my mind off the situation by playing board games with my sisters and I, and then we had opened up a couple of gifts and had saved the rest for Christmas Day. That night, it was time for bed. My sisters being nine were so excited for Santa to come to our house. I had stayed awake in my room scared to death about the situation that happened two days before. I tried to sleep, and I woke up to sounds of pebbles being thrown at my window. I peeked out my window trying to not be seen, and it was him yet again. I walked quietly to my parents' room trying not to wake my sisters, and I woke them up. I was crying scared to death, and I had a huge anxiety attack. My dad went to my room and looked out the window, but nobody was there. All he saw were the pebbles on my windowsill. My dad set the alarm on the house before we all went to bed so that if this man broke a window or tried to open a door, it would set off the alarm and then call the police immediately. We were just sitting in my parents' room and about 30 minutes went by and we didn't hear anything anymore. Then all of a sudden, a rock then went through my window, breaking it. My parents had called 911 and there was a note actually taped to this rock and they told me not to touch it so that the police could fingerprint it. The man broke into the back door, and my dad ran downstairs to protect the house and his family. Now, my dad used to be in the military, and he got the guy to the ground and held him there until the police had arrived. This was the worst Christmas break and Christmas time of my life. I ended up moving out at the beginning of January, and I no longer talk to my mom anymore because she's the reason that this happened. It was her psycho crazy ex-boyfriend who did all this. I still cannot believe that all that happened. I still think about that time when I was home alone and how I could have ended up dead if I didn't call the cops. I'm so glad I made it out of that situation alive. I just can't help but wonder, how the hell did my mom end up dating such a psycho? This happened in 2015. Just to give you a small rundown, my dad is in the Navy, and when he came home from Afghanistan, he decided to do what he always wanted, and he bought a sailboat. It was a 38-foot endeavor by the name of Saragon. We were a family of seven, soon to be eight, so the transition was difficult for a while, especially for an 11-year-old kid like me at the time. This all took place in San Diego, California, in a small marina called Fiddler's Cove. Once we sailed into the harbor, it became quite apparent that we had some shady neighbors. The one that immediately caught my attention was the nearby neighbor, about two slots down the dock. 
He lived in a rusted trawler-looking vessel by the name of Queen Bee. It looked worn down and right on the verge of sinking. The appearance of the man was no different. He was balding with some kind of rash developing around his mouth. He immediately greeted me and my siblings, but never made any social interaction with my parents. He actually avoided them altogether while we were living there. But whenever I was by myself, he never hesitated to strike up a conversation with me. I was a social kid, and I never thought much of it. Nothing happened for several months, until one day when I was using the public showers that the marina complex had, and he was at the sinks on a towel. We went through the normal routine of random conversations, until he all of a sudden told me. He then told me that when nobody else was around, he would dance in front of the mirror naked, and that these kids walked in and saw and didn't care. He continued to tell me that it shouldn't be considered weird because, you know, we're all boys here. So if I wanted to dance in front of the mirror too naked, it would be totally fine because nobody cares. When he said this, he stared at me like he was expecting me to do it right there. I was already feeling very uncomfortable because I had never even heard an adult say this. I didn't tell my parents because I thought I was just too young to understand and that maybe what he said was actually normal and I should just lighten up. I will never forget what happened for the next several weeks. Every time I came in for daily hygiene, he'd come out of the shower not wearing anything and just act normally like there was nothing wrong. If not, whenever there were other people in the latrines, he'd leave his shower stall's curtain open showing himself as I passed. I finally communicated this to my parents this time. They told me to just never look, and that I should walk to the RV park showers which was over a mile away. I did do this, but when I couldn't, I'd just use the marina showers where he was, and he was there every time. Either we just coincidentally chose the same time to do hygiene, or he'd just wait for me, because he was always waiting there. What happened next will forever haunt me. This happened on Christmas Eve of all days which only makes it all the more memorable. I walked into a completely empty bathroom. My brain was half expecting him to be there considering how routine it was, but my kid's excitement for the following day drowned out that fear of the man being there. I dropped my clothes and towel in one of the stalls and proceeded to my locker to grab my toiletries, and as I'm making my way back, the man slipped out of the bathroom stall behind me like it was a literal horror movie. When I then turned, I saw that he was completely nude. I knew immediately that something truly wrong was going on here. The 0 to 100 transition from normal to completely scared shitless was already so overwhelming for me, and his expression of excitement only made it worse. In response, I just froze. I just wanted to cry, but I just remained frozen, looking at him. He got closer and he acted like my reaction was just a green light for him to make the next move. I then found myself being cornered into the handicapped bathroom stall. He was so close. He then placed his hands on my shoulders, and he put his thumbs under the collar of my shirt. I was already crying at this point, and he then whispered, It's okay, buddy. It's okay. Over and over again. As he then tried to take my shirt off, my fight or flight then kicked in, 
and I pushed myself under his arm and then ran as fast as I could. He gripped my shirt really tightly, trying to hold on to me, but then immediately let go. I just ran. I went to these staged rocks near the beach where I cried for what felt like hours. Once I finally felt brave enough, I went back where the room was emptied. My hygiene items were neatly staged on the sinks. I got dressed and I tried to act as normal as possible because for whatever reason, I thought that I was going to get in trouble. I didn't tell anyone what happened for a long time and my attitude towards everything changed to where my family were very concerned for me, but I still never told them. I almost never saw that man again after that, maybe because I refused to go anywhere alone. The man eventually just completely disappeared, and he abandoned his boat to where it was soon towed away. When this happened, I was listening to my parents who were conversating to the neighbors, and they were talking about the man. They had talked about how everyone knew him to be gay, whereas others claimed he was a pedophile that apparently led to a number of investigations. I don't know if what they were saying was even true, because it seemed to only be a rumor. I never did say anything until he was then brought up during some late night family discussions, and that's when I told them everything. They were all shocked. My dad got very angry because I didn't tell him, and he said if he knew, he would have marched over to his boat and killed him right there. I'm just truly relieved that the man didn't go through with whatever he was doing and that I managed to get away because I know many aren't so lucky. I don't know where I'd be right now if that were the case. Just know this, sometimes pedophiles either act on it right then and there or they slowly build up to it to try to get you accustomed to certain things. Just please tell someone if this is going on. I'm 19 years old now, and I recently joined the army. I now try to stay as alert as possible for these characters, because you just never know when they might reveal themselves. And to that man, I really hope you're burning in hell now. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone. And remember, to always stay.